0: Welcome to Birds of a Feather. <clears throat> this is your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess. About to go to bed. Couldn't let it go. Had to do another podcast. Even though I'm tired, I'm stressed. I'm not looking forward to beginning another week of work, but thankful I do have a job to go to. But I'm not looking forward to, I guess, four or five days worth of bitching and moaning again on the radio from fans who. Will once again decide that tonight's lost Eagles to the Patriots at home, 17 to 10, will be the undoing of this team. And the reason why Foles is in Jaguarsville and Wentz is still here was not a smart decision. Uh, Foles wouldn't have thrown over people's heads, Foles wouldn't have done this. Wentz just can't get the ball out in time. He can't make decisions. He's indecisive. He holds the ball. I mean, every every stupid excuse for why they lost tonight is going to be thrown out there repeatedly throughout the week on sports radio. And it's very hard not to listen to listen to it because you want to vent too. But then another part of you hears so many different ages, groups, races. Backgrounds have opinion on this team, and it doesn't really change anything. You know, this team still ends up going out there every night. I mean, every Sunday, hoping to win or hoping to come out there, seemingly very positive in the beginning, and then come out with their tail between their legs and their heads bowed, and you just wonder why. If you had two weeks of, you know, well, technically, I think just a week because I think on the bye week they really didn't do anything. I do think the coaches might have overthought this game a little bit, but yeah, it's not the end of the world because unfortunately they're in a division where this kind of a loss doesn't really mean anything necessarily other than just it's they're 500, they're 500 again and they should be above 500 at this point. I mean, it's week 11. I thought of anything the positive about it being week 11 and Carson's number being 11. I thought maybe, maybe this is his redemption song. You know, maybe this is going to be what's going to get everybody to shut up. But now I'm starting to think that Just like the Sixers, even though the Sixers had a good win today, they were pretty much ahead in double digits in Cleveland pretty much throughout the game as the Eagles took the field. Um, So there's a little bit of TV stress going back and forth. But after a while, there was no point in watching the Sixers game. They pretty much had it even in the fourth. I think they only got down to just about um, 15 points at at the at the minimal uh, that they dropped the lead from. But other than that, they pretty much handled it. But the Eagles started off opposite of what they normally do, which is lally gag and drag and never score. And this time they scored right away. But the problem was it still took most of the first quarter for them to get up the field. But there were also a lot of false starts because good old Jason Peters was back in the lineup, um, even though I don't think he deserves a shot anymore. And I think tonight he finally fell to the point where it just... He just looked pathetic. And I just feel like I don't care if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Um, He didn't need to be out there. Uh, It should have been Dillard from the beginning. And once again, the flow was disrupted. And Sayamalu showed his ass again and didn't help Carson on his right side because Lane went down with a concussion. No one knows when it happened. They just know he was carted off by the end of the first or, you know, middle of the second or whenever it was. But yet again, another costly injury. So Carson had a lot riding against this win if anything to have some bragging rights if he could somehow squeeze out you know I don't know a three-point win I thought it was going to be like a 27-24 win from the Eagles by Jacob Elliott And unfortunately because of the wind being a factor a lot of Jake Elliott's kicks were kind of lopsided but they made it although didn't seem to matter with uh, the Patriots kicker who pretty much kicked everything right up the middle so I don't know if that was again Jake's foot. Or the placeholder, or what? Um, I know at one point um, our punter even had a sucky punt, and uh, it just seemed like a lot of stuff started to change after the first second, uh, first quarter score that the Eagles had uh, with Dallas Goddard that almost got taken away. But luckily, with the footage, um, it was obvious that he had possession before uh, the Patriot player that was on him ripped it out of his hands and took it, and thought they could just run it from the end zone. But luckily, Dallas had already broke the plane. So, but it just showed me that all night uh, the Patriots, even though they didn't play and Tom definitely didn't play like Tom. I mean, they didn't score any offensive touchdowns until the trick play that involved Edelman of all people throwing a touchdown pass. And, you know, which is all the more reason why it's frustrating because Brady was not being Brady and the rest of the team wasn't really being that, that challenging to the Eagles offense. It was just that, uh, or at least I should say their defense wasn't being as challenging to the Eagles offense but it was mostly because Carson doesn't trust his wide receiver core unless it's people he throws to regularly so unless he saw Jordan Matthews totally open which he never was because I'm sure that knee problem is more than what uh, more than than more than enough reason. excuse me why he wasn't kept on any team since he left the Eagles the first two times his knee is probably an issue and it probably involves him not being able to cut to get to break away Um, from a defender also he had Steven Gilmore on him and Gilmore is probably one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now so he I'm sure chose him because he knew he was back and he knew he was slow and he could probably cover him very well and he did so Carson had that taken away from him whereas people thought Zach was going to be taken away um, even when he did hit Goddard for that uh, first down and more and then uh, eventually the touchdown Uh, there was a costly drop by Goddard later in the game. And then good old Nelson Aguilar, just when you think he catches something amazingly out of the blue, um, he turns right around and and drops a touchdown end zone pass that yes, it was thrown crazily, but the way he had himself contorted, he probably wasn't going to ever make that. And then of course, when he goes down, there comes a knee injury out of nowhere, Now, mind you, it wasn't enough for him to hobble off the field, but I'm sure it was partially embarrassment. And then also just, you know, he had thrown himself through the ringer trying to be a factor. And it seems like the only promising wide receiver who I was hoping was going to get a couple catches tonight was J.J. Ortega White. Now, the problem was they were catches that really didn't advance him too much further because, again, cornerbacks were on him, too. But there was a good deep pass in the fourth quarter where you pretty much thought that that was the last time that Carson had to make a successful drive to get in the end zone. And um, it just didn't finish. So a lot of the stuff stalled basically after the first half, which is usually the opposite. Usually the first half is just crap. And then they come back in the fourth. The exact opposite happened tonight. Now, I don't know if it's because the Patriots got the coin toss and the Eagles had to kick, I mean, had to receive first or what because normally it works in their favor and the Eagles always end up deferring so I don't know if that whole chemistry thing messed it up but definitely losing Lane Johnson was a factor I don't know if it really changed as much as I thought it would the O-line but it definitely created a lot of chaos around Carson's blind side because Jason Peters eventually went down again and they had um they had Vitae on the right side as opposed to the left. So it's like, I just felt like a lot of the pressure went up the middle on purpose because they knew that Kelsey couldn't push a lot of those guys back. So Kelsey, obviously the little bit I saw at the press conference, cause usually losses like these, even though it was pretty much a given they would lose this game, but it was just the fact that they had a shot for pretty much third quarter on to come back. Cause it was only a seven point deficit. Um, that's what made it suck. I would rather they have just walked in there and just blew them out like 42-0. to zero. And then we could finally say, like, okay, it's the Patriots. What do you expect? But knowing that they were still in it with barely any receivers, Carson holding the ball too long, looking for people, and only your tight ends really showing up for you, and a couple catches from one ride receiver... Yeah, I think it was pretty damn good that they held them to six points in the first half and then eventually just seven for the game. But did you want them to win? Yes, of course. I also want to not hate on Carson because he's not he's not playing clean. He's not playing well thought. He's not playing relaxed. And I hate when he seems scattered because it's very rare that he gets t- too scattered unless he um unless he obviously cannot give himself time to throw to a receiver. Now, part of it is because he doesn't see them totally free of a defender, which shows me that he's either somehow in a, in a delusion state of mind, hoping that that defender will just trip or something and then he'll have a clear path, or he's just so terrified of making a pick that it's holding him back. Now, I don't know if that's tied to what Ben's issue is with not wanting to shoot a jumper anymore. It seems like only Ben Simmons is capable of remembering to pass and shoot and dunk when it's when he's right in front of the, the hoop, as opposed to being far away from it. I think both of these guys are A-type personalities and excelling in usually one area and expecting to get by professionally with just those gifts. But at some point, you know, the NBA, the NFL have a way of exposing you when you don't have anything else added to your game. And I think the accuracy with Carson is a, a, becoming an annoying reminder from the Twitterverse, you know, the analysts, the commentators. I mean, Romo pretty much lost all his verve as he was commentating because he saw the team um uh, regressing he saw Carson not showing up for his team when there was no one else showing up for him so I think it even made Rumble kind of down to see um a guy such as talented as Wentz because Lord knows there's a lot of times that Wentz will do something crazy in the middle of a game and you'll be like I don't know how the hell he did that and he had one moment um where a couple times especially with that deep throw in the fourth but there was another moment too I can't recall right at the moment but there were a couple of tosses he did that you were like what how did they catch that But the majority of the game, it just left you looking at Wentz like, okay, dude, it's you like, (laughs) you know, you don't have wide receivers. We know you, you know, you lost your best best tackles tonight in the same game. But usually if you can't use your legs, you have enough sense to at least throw it down the field and just pray somebody like we'll figure it out. But the problem is every time he did decide to throw it down the field, it was always Aguilar's ball and he either dropped it or didn't or it was thrown over his head. And there were clear balls that were thrown over his head, thrown over Miles's head, thrown over um, Zach's head. So it's not like I'm blind as a Carson fan to say that he didn't overthrow balls, but Brady was throwing and missing too. I mean, you know, if you got the GOAT missing you, then, I mean, missing uh, his wide receivers, then you know it's not just him, but Wentz does it a lot. And the problem is, even when he does minimize on that, there's something else on his game that ends up falling off. It's like he can't really keep all his mechanisms uh, consistently tight in a game unless He has obvious targets. And the problem that I think that is becoming more obvious is that he has to realize that that's never going to happen with this wide receiver core. He's never going to have a perfectly clean lane for them to catch a ball. He's just going to have to risk it, you know, and I think I'd rather him get a pick knowing that he tried to throw in double coverage as opposed to just not even throwing, taking 20,000 sacks or running and losing the ball. And he did fumble a ball, which is what he had problems with in his rookie year, and even the year after that. And I think I think maybe once or twice in in the Super Bowl year, but I'm not I don't think it was is prevalent. But the point is he 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 waits too long, and I think that that's the stuff that makes people think that Foles is smarter than him as a QB. But I I think it's actually just the opposite. Uh, Foles didn't win his game today in in Indy, uh, but Indy is also an up and coming good good team and I think that eventually uh, Foles just ran out of options and uh, the most that he'd get at his team was 13 points now it wasn't a total blowout but uh, the first play of the game or first couple plays of the game Foles did what he did before he got hurt earlier this year he threw a deep pass to his white or well, kind of down the field not as deep as the first one but a pretty good pass to his receiver and his receiver was able to get cross the field and run directly into the end zone like within his first series so but that took years I mean Foles was not always accurate either um he threw picks in that uh New Orleans game where we could have went they could have went to another uh they could have went to the NFC conference conference game and uh it was just one of those moments that people have to realize that just like the Sixers team, just like the Flyers team, and just like the Phillies, this is our squad. This is who we have. We can't just trade people. We can't just act like they don't exist. We can't continue to be convinced that they'll never get better. Even if it's true, um, within your fandom, you have to be rational, but I don't know, realistically irrational after a loss. But then the next day, it's like, okay, what did I really realistically expect from that game? I hoped they would win, but I knew it would be close. Now, I think a majority of us who thought that it was going to be a win by three points was being generous. Because, you know, (laughs) we could have won by one point. We could have won by two. I don't know, some freakish safety. But um, reality is, if this had been a a better capable team, we could have still lost by like 20 um, if they were really off their game. But for Carson to be as foggy as he was at times, it was good to only see them lose by seven points, but it's still unnerving because there were times that it just seemed like Carson did not clue into the fact that he's part of the problem. And I think a lot of Twitter was coming at each other saying, you know, it's okay to criticize Carson. Everyone knows it's okay to criticize Carson at this point. He's four years in, he just got re-signed and re-upped for a big deal. And yeah, the expectations are going to be higher, no more excuses. But I think the thing with Carson that is more discouraging is the fact that he always says he wants to get better and you know in your fourth year this is pretty much how you're going to be as a quarterback unless you welcome some some new improvements to your technique you know and I think that when John Filippo was here as much as the rumors were that he was very hard on Carson and him and Carson kind of sometimes bumped heads I think he made Carson a better quarterback and hence why he had such a uh you know, MVP year before he got hurt. So I hate to say it, but I just feel like there's certain things. And and obviously the coaching, the coaching sucked. The play calling was dumb. There were just times that I just wanted to look at Doug and be like, are you serious? Like that's all you can think of to do. Yes, Miles and Boston were the only running backs because Jay Ajayi, who is now just come back to the fold. Uh, had some issues with his helmet so he couldn't play because they couldn't, I guess, find a helmet that fit his head. I don't know. Maybe because of the last-minute signing last week, the equipments couldn't get sent quick enough. But whatever it is, the point is, the running game could have been improvised a little better. So that's on Deuce. um, And definitely the wide receiver scheme could have been a lot more inventive. And that's on Gro and Doug. And I think Doug is shockingly... Bewildered by the fact that the team doesn't come out and dance on and twist on their head for some reason and make it work when his play schemes are obviously vanilla. And it's going to keep being pointed out to him week by week. And fans are going to keep expecting something different and finding that at the end, they're either barely winning or they're facing a team that can't compete. So I don't know if maybe the Green Bay game was pretty much the only time that the team shocked the world and, you know, went into the most hostile environment like Green Bay and showed up Aaron Rodgers, or if just Aaron Rodgers was having a bad night. And honestly, the rumor was, you know, people kind of thought that Aaron Rodgers just had an off night, but they still could have lost that game, you know? And uh, the point is they had the players to be able to fill in some of the gaps that weren't maybe working earlier in that game, but ended up helping them in the end. Whereas tonight it couldn't save them. And I think it exposed Carson even more. It didn't help that Lane got a concussion and it didn't help that Jason Peters had two false starts and also fell out and eventually had to be limped his big butt back to the sidelines. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, Carson has to learn to not be so skittish. And even when he was trying to stay in the pocket, he still wasn't convinced he could find anybody. So hence the reason why he either got hit or he had to throw it away. Now, mind you, he doesn't throw it away half as much, but he did do it enough times this season that I thought maybe, okay, that part of his brain is finally realizing, like, I don't have to always wait for the play. I can just throw it away. He didn't do that tonight. I think he would regress back into, if it's not there, damn it, I'm going to wait because maybe I'm not helping them and this, that, and the other. And you can just feel like at times you felt like you were in his brain kind of saying, wait wait, it's going to come. It's going to come. And you don't, you don't have that much time. So, all right. I spent enough time on him, but the bottom line is they're going to be home again next weekend, but it's going to be Russell and Dim, Seattle Seahawks. So that's not going to be any easier. Why again, do I still feel like there's this small thing of hope that they could squeeze it out knowing that they just embarrassed themselves in a, in a possibly miraculous fourth quarter comeback, um, like tonight. Uh, I don't know, because Russell can have a rough night, you know, even though Russell's pretty much been his MVP self most of the season, they are an NFC opponent and possibly a conference, you know, playoff person that they'll see again. So, and during that Super Bowl year, you know, they didn't, they had a chance to put them away and they didn't win. So I don't know, maybe when they won against the Patriots the last time and this time they lost, maybe that means they'll beat. Seattle because they lost to Seattle during the Super Bowl year I mean I don't know I'm grasping at straws as a fan and I just want to feel positive about my team but right now I don't right now it sucks to be an Eagles fan and I feel like it's going to be years before we see that clean cut team that played in 2017 that can give us hope of sniffing a playoff game but you know I did tweet and I still kind of feel that way that I don't think they're going to win the division I don't think Dallas is going to help out um and I don't think the other two wins against the other division teams are gonna are gonna mean anything. And I'm just praying that Doug doesn't decide, you know, to just give McCown more chances in the second half if he feels like Carson is not focused and that at his confidence. But I don't know the way the the coaching staff works; they're too scared to do anything different. I think so. I doubt that that would happen, but you know if it did happen like it did sort of in that uh, Falcons game um, and Carson did not like being on the sidelines because they thought that he needed to have his head checked literally because they thought he might have got popped in the head he didn't like even standing out waiting for Josh McCown to have that whole series in before the halftime so I think it would really piss him off to know that secretly they're waiting for Josh McCown to come in and play smoother ball I think Carson just has to work through it and they have to just grow with him. Um, it's not the time in the season where normally trades are made anyway. And at this point, this is what you got. And that's what makes it painful as a fan to watch. So, you know, like I said, no more excuses. I can't be um, putting rose colored glasses on anymore about this team. This team is not great. This team is not what they should be. This team is not what they were supposed to be on paper before they even took the field. But... We knew the minute that people started going down, obviously, Deshaun, then Alshon, um, Craven, before the spring spring training even got started. I mean, um, training camp got started. You kind of knew that there were major, major issues going to be developing later on. And so now the reality has happened that they are definitely decimated on both. Well, no, just on offense at this point, because defense showed up tonight and it was their they're basically their play that saved them from only being down a a touchdown so I do credit Jim Schwartz because I think he's he (laughs) he stepped into that locker room when they were showing the live shot of all the players walking off the field all dejected I think Sword was probably the only person kind of doing a Jefferson stroll like I know what the freak I'm doing tonight I don't know about y'all so I think that definitely was signs that that was definitely all about defense tonight and not about offense but It can flip, you know, defense could crumble next week and offense, you know, show their ass or in a good way, I guess, next week. But at this point right now, it just feels crappy because you want to be on Carson's side. He's that guy you want to win because he is a winner, but he also is mentally in his own way and there's nothing anybody can do for him except for him. And I don't know how that gets rectified on a coaching staff, but I know myself, the coaching staff needs to be revamped because I do not think this current staff really understands Carson's habits and knows how to get him to have confidence in those wide receivers. Because at this point, if he's not cussing everybody out, he's gonna be blaming himself. And behind the scenes, I don't think he's totally blaming himself. I think he, he does hate what he's dealing with right now, but he also knows that he has to make the situation better regardless of how it looks. And um, it's sometimes just hard to eat that. You know, sometimes that pride in you just wants to believe, like, I know I can do better. I know I can do. I was like, yes, you can. But you also kind of need your wide receivers to help you do better. And if you don't help them, they can't help you. So it's just amazing to me that some of these players are the same guys that were in there right on the field with him and playing fine. And, you know, you, you take away two or three less guys and it's like suddenly this team doesn't know who they are. But I'm over that look in the mirror crap. At this point, it's just you got to just keep pushing for the next game. That's all they can do. And as far as everything else that's been developing this week, which I meant to podcast about the other night when stuff started breaking, it's kind of been obvious where I stand with uh, the whole Colin Kaepernick situation because I've mentioned it in several podcasts before. But I'll just reiterate it again. I I still have mixed emotions as to how Eric Reed decides to uh, portray um, Malcolm Jenkins. But I don't think this time around when he mentioned him, he was really coming at him directly as much as just saying that him and Jay-Z siding with the with the NFL during what was supposed to be Colin's workout uh, session on Saturday, um, which ended up kind of being this PR stunt of the NFL to make it look like Colin uh, disregarded their, uh, action by giving him the floor in Atlanta uh, training facility, I mean, um, venue, and then turn around and leave and have his own debut with all open cameras and open to the media so that they didn't control the narrative. Um, I think Eric Reed had every right to include Jay Z and lump Malcolm Jenkins in there only because he was making the point that all the people who are not with us, but they're against us. And I still. You know, because I'm a homer and I still feel like Jenkins is kind of being lumped in that. But Jay-Z really is selling him out now. I think Jay-Z is the one who wants so hard to be in control of, you know, turning the conversation into, a, you know, a black man becoming part of this major empire and turning it on, on its head and being a newsmaker. That he's kind of forgetting the fact that Colin, whether or not Colin was good, whether or not Jay-Z actually watches football at all. Um, he disregarded the fact that Colin was saying that he did that for a reason and that he switched locations because he knew a lot of his promises and liabilities uh, were not being properly handled. And he didn't think his footage would get out there to all the 32 teams if he followed their lead, because apparently they didn't want his own independent team follow of uh, uh, filming his workouts because they felt like it should be their Idea. since they're the one who gave it to you. Now it's coming out that the NFL threw this all together last minute and just figured he would just bow down because they're actually considering giving him a shot. Then it comes out that Jay-Z was the one who really put the bug in uh, Goodell or whoever's ear, ear to even come up with this idea. And now it's coming out looking like the NFL said, we gave you a shot, you know, you spit in our face, and good luck on trying to find a job because... Even if they said that it really won't hinder him trying to get a job, we all know what that means. It's like, if you don't bow and listen to us, we're going to screw you over again. But I feel like because Colin did it in such a way, in a guerrilla style kind of, you know, uh, process, he was basically saying, no, this whole thing started because of me and it's going to end because of me. I needed to put it out there to let the actual media who need to know the truth, No, this is how I'm playing. This is how I've been played. I've always been the same dude. Just because I sued them and I won at a court, they have to learn to let bygones be bygones and just let me play a damn game and fairly distribute it out there. And if only half of those guys decided to holler back at him, oh well. But the false rumors they were trying to put out for years saying that certain teams went after him and he he wanted money and all this other crap, it didn't fly because he always came out and and, um Uh, rebuked it every time. Like he came out and just said, I never said anything. I never talked to anybody from that team, Da 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 da. So he had to fight back um, constantly with the NFL or whoever behind the scenes was trying to feed little Brett Crumb so that people would look at him in the same way. And of course the sheep who do follow everything that's, um, you know, fed to them. And, you know, those really proud people who really believe that they're Defending the flag and and standing up for liberty when they're actually doing exactly what he's doing in their own little way. But, you know, protest seems to be something that people still don't understand what it means. And he's just calmly demonstrating what it really is supposed to mean. And yes, it upset a narrative and it upset a, uh, it shifted a paradigm that the NFL is not comfortable with, but they continue to pretty much shoot themselves in the foot with everything they contradict with their image in the first place. So I think if anything, Colin just made a point that this is what I've had to go through for three years because you guys don't want to be wrong. And in the end of the day, I'm still going to show you I know how to play. And you either want to let me in or you don't. And so again, now the narrative shifted where even people like Stephen A. Smith bit and sided with Jay-Z and saying that you're going to go out there and be all Afrocentric instead of just looking the part, playing the part, and calmly getting back in. And (laughs) I look at people like Stephen A. Smith like, you just got re-upped on a contract, so I guess you're going to say anything because you don't want to disrupt the man. But the whole point is, Kylin wouldn't have to even be on this level if y'all would have just let him fairly fail on his own instead of deciding he shouldn't even play you know and it's not even fair it's it really ended up being all drama in a 24-hour period instead of just letting them calmly say all right whoever wants to be in the room be in the room whatever let's just get this over with so I think Colin was like all right I kind of figured out your bs and I'm gonna just do it my way pretty much how I've been trying to do it but you're always gonna flip it and make it look like I'm being the difficult one And sure enough, I've had my words with certain people on Twitter who are just small-minded and don't know what any of this means. They don't want to have their whole idea of loving football tarnished by someone making it about them. When in actuality, the ones who are protesting against him are really making it about him and not the flag. As much as they distorted small minds want to think that, they are making it about them. But anyway, so the... It it still remains to be seen if something happens, if nothing does happen, then it's exactly, you know, what Colin was making a point of that, you know, there are people who are controlled by the NFL because they are worried about their money. And, you know, if there were actual team members who are really interested, then hopefully in the next week or so, we'll hear whether or not Colin decides to go and continue to train with them throughout the winter and into the spring into when they have, um, I guess, mini camp. I mean, there are teams that need to be there that actually probably seriously do need to consider him at this point because there's just nothing else out there that's really going to um, contend with what he's he's brought to the table in the the brief career that he had. So if he continue in that way, maybe not be as fast as he used to be, obviously, because he's gained a little weight, but he's also in shape enough to get back into full football shape. And I think his mind is clear, and I think he probably feels more of a purpose in life than he probably did when he was playing. Now, yeah, he was the sexy guy, light-skinned guy, kissed his bicep, but I I have a feeling all of this gave him more purpose. And I think that even though people who don't want to understand it can't get past the fact that he wasn't a quarterback, uh, Super Bowl winner, he was actually in the Super Bowl and he almost won. So I don't know whatever people want to believe is true, but the reality is the brother just want to play. Let him play. If you think he's going to fall on his face, let him fall on his face. Don't make it more difficult than it has to be. Because at this point, he made his point. No one feels the need to kneel all the time, except for those who still believe it's it does a purpose. But it's not enough now that it's rocking any kind of attention. So they shouldn't even worry about that. Um, if he feels strongly about wanting to kneel, he can hang in the back. So... That's probably the only only rule that he'll probably go by once he comes back is he'll just hang out in the back when they do the anthem and then come back out. So I don't see the issue other than Jay-Z and all those people who are trying to be corporate um, realizing that him feeling like Kaepernick is making him look bad is ridiculous because Jay-Z already made the deal with the devil once he decided to do this. Even though at first I thought it was going to be a pretty much... Excuse for Roger Goodell to uh, have to revisit this issue. Um, as much as he did create the opportunity, um, I just was disappointed to hear that the quote of him saying he was disappointed because Colin, th- you know, threw away an opportunity. Yeah, it kind of hurts my heart, but it doesn't shock me at this point. I mean, I wanted to be all for Jay-Z's corner and saying, you know, sometimes you just need a brother in there to actually make these people understand it's not always about money um but while at the same time making it about money but I didn't think it was a bad thing at first when Jay-Z was involved I thought maybe it would force Goodell to have to kind of think in a different way but now it looks like Jay-Z um jay is just as jaded as the rest of them are which I guess would happen um at this point in the game but I mean I can't even be mad at Eric Reed anymore I mean I understand now where his animosity is. And I don't even think he's as mad anymore. I think he's more just like, this is what I've been saying from the door and I'm trying to be consistent. And this whole thing was just about them giving him a chance. That was it. Um, all the other crap that came in between was gonna happen because everyone has to save face. And there were people who we thought were gonna side with us and they didn't, and that's fine. So at this point I'm done feeling angry about, um, his beef with Malcolm. Cause I don't even know if that's even really that deep as much as just, you know, the indifference he has toward Jay Z as well. So I don't really think it's personal, personal as much as more just disappointing. Um, but I also don't think Malcolm's a bad person for that. I think Malcolm just took his opportunity and he's just mad cause he didn't include him. And I'm like, if you already didn't want this to be about anything that Malcolm stood for and just about Colin, then that was your fault for not taking advantage of it and using Malcolm and the others as a platform to get that message, you know, out there instead of kind of just dropping because you thought Malcolm was making it about himself. It's like, (laughs) I still have a problem with that part. And that is the one part I think even Stephen A hit it on in his latest tweet, but everything else, I think, you know, (laughs) Stephen A just missed the point, but you know, it's to be expected. I mean, he's trying to save his money. This is his bread and butter and uh you know you you do what you got to do just like jay-z's doing you know he's doing what he's got to do to save his hind but at the end of the day if it doesn't last with this whole situation i wouldn't be shocked if jay-z kind of just does a one-year thing and then you know quietly dissolves his relationship with him um just kind of move out from it but um you know it is what it is I don't know much anything that's going to happen in 2020 other than I don't know maybe it'll affect where they have the Super Bowl the year after this year but um you know I don't really know if it's if it really was even a necessary thing um I just know that Collins moved this weekend to me was very smart and very uh, strategic and I'm talking too long I know but other than that um the whole situation too that happened earlier this week Miles Garrett and the helmet thing that was horrible I didn't watch all that game because Monday night didn't really interest me um the Browns are already kind of in a dog literally a dog house now um but Miles Garrett didn't help his case for being very excessive with his actions but you know Mason apparently has a reputation for being like that you know that fratty boy that kind of deserves it but at the same time at that moment he didn't deserve it I mean once you break up a fight once the whistle goes off you're done and I think Miles just lost sight of what he was doing and now he's probably cost himself his career but I did enjoy him in the naked issue so if he does consider doing anything like that again I'm a fan but right now as a football player I think he blew his shot um because you just can't touch especially a dude from on the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) And you're a big, huge, intimidating black man who's, you know, a very good uh, defensive player, but you know, you don't, (laughs) your idea of probably light force could have possibly cracked his head open. So I just think that in, in the narrative of how the NFL and the media and all this stuff are so cautious, you know, hypersensitive now, especially when it comes to race relations and whether or not, you know they punish people the right way the right, you know, it was just a whole thing that just didn't need to happen. Cause now it's another issue, you know, of a black man doing something to a white guy, you know, and like, coincidentally with Colin going against Goodell and company. It's like, and then having some other black folk in the, in the fold, it's just, there's just been too much. <sighs> there's been too much drama with like pissing contests, basically with men this week in the NFL and civil rights and, dumb unjust actions you know so miles just kind of put himself in the fold without even really needing to but um it just wasn't a good look for him at all and you know it forced baker to have to take sides and it forced the rest of the team to be like oh that's messed up but at the end of the day i think he will be back in 2020 i don't know when they'll really reinstate him but he might come back maybe after september um who knows he may not by then even want to come back he may decide Maybe this just wasn't for me or he'll decide, I don't know, take some anger management training or do something so they can feel like, you know, that he's changed. You know, he has to do some kind of bullshit, something like that, to save his butt. But if he doesn't want it, it'll show, you know, if he comes back and he's totally out of shape and not motivated and play like crap, then you'll know that he really didn't want it. Um, but I feel like this guy wants it. I mean, I, he's pretty much always been. A tough player, but the problem is this year apparently he's been a little more chippier than normal. So I don't know if maybe the frustration of how their teams, the Browns have been playing this year up until this point. You know they were a big, you know off season. It seemed like they were going to be, you know this big juggernaut, diamond in the rough, and the team ended up falling flat on their face and pretty much going through what the Eagles are going through right now, with the exception of the record being not hardly as bad as the Eagles. I'm um, well, not hardly as bad as the Browns, and so the Eagles are different in that sense. But they're kind of going in that same slow uh, down slope. So, if you're still listening, I'm sorry. This is just top of my head, and I figured I could just, you know, let it all out. But it's been a frustrating week, and week of sports and it's a new week starting, but there's going to be residue still coming from all this, especially what, you know, transpired with the whole Kaepernick workout thing. I'm praying to God that someone will come out and just be like, you know what, F it. I need a quarterback, you know, the Jets, you know, the Buffalo, or even if he never sees a snap until like next year, just say we're willing to see him privately work with our defense and just see how he uh, survives, you know. Um, I think I like the best that the quote that he said when he was talking to the media saying, you know, you tell your teams, if you go back to them, you tell them, don't be scared, you know, come visit, come hang out, you know, because I'm just trying to get a job. And with all these literal stories this past season about players who literally came off the street and are now playing. One of them was just on the uh, San Francisco 49ers that people were talking about. And then there was another player that I think was on the Vikings or somebody briefly where he slept out of side, you know, of the um, to try to get a workout and actually ended up playing for a little bit. I think they ended up cutting in before the year started. But, it, you know, he got to play in preseason. He got to see action. So it motivated him to want to be better. So if you can have those guys play, there is no reason why someone who was pretty much in the Super Bowl five years ago shouldn't get a buyback, regardless of his relationship off the field with the NFL. Everybody can fall out with a corporation. It doesn't mean they have to be doomed for life. Um, But I think in this particular situation, it was necessary for Kaepernick to stand his ground as he as he had been doing so i don't know if maybe jay-z was kind of backdooring the nfl in a way or if he was just really that ignorant to think that well then again he probably was because honestly you know jay-z could think so much of himself that he go walk in there and then be cool with it and everybody would just accept it and then find out later he doesn't know what the hell he's doing and he slides out you know pretty much unnoticed (laughs) unfazed um I guess we'll just have to find out how the year ends and how the year begins next year to know what really what any of this meant. But right now I'm in Cap's corner and I'm still with Cap. I was with Cap even when I was doubting all those times when I felt like they were picking at Malcolm. But um, knowing that Malcolm knew why they had animosity toward him and and there were articles um, correctly informing folks like myself who wanted to know what the deal was. um, You just realize that kind of stuff will probably never really truly be healed. Um, it's just one of those things you grow apart from somebody when you kind of see how they move. And if you're not a fan of what they're doing, it'll show. And that you can't really get that deep into, especially not on Twitter, because you don't know those people personally. So it got to the point where I even stopped, you know, I had to block Eric from just wanting to tweet at him when I was angry about him coming at Malcolm. But then when he said it again in his latest speech about how he's kind of grouping them together, you know, and all those people that were against them. And have a problem with it, um, I realize why he's grouping them together. So it is what it is. It's sad still, but it's the way it's you, when you have to stand up, you sometimes have to stand alone. And sometimes that doesn't always mean, you know, uh, going, going with emotions. Sometimes it means actually going, no, I'm going to question this. I'm not comfortable with this. This has got to stop. So those are my thoughts with those and then I think after all that it was just the fact that um we're getting to the home stretch and we're going into week 12 and that means there are five more weeks still to play or at least to see where the Eagles will drop so I'm still hoping for a 10 and 6 record um realistically I don't think that's unrealistic but the problem is they might have to deal with a tiebreaker with Dallas and this game is home and they obviously have won at home and they've lost at home. So I would, so now no longer the home and field advantage thing really matters because it won't really matter this year. Um, but it would be nice for them to a slide in there into the first round of playoffs. But when people start talking about how they think mathematically that'll work, I tune out because to me it doesn't matter anymore. I just want them to win more than they've been losing. And I just feel like we always get ourselves worked up as fans because we expect so much from this team since the Super Bowl. And it's going to be a very hard crash to the reality um, before we realize that this is not ever going to be that team. Maybe the same quarterback, at least that started out that season, but he has to finish the year the way he started. And hopefully it'll be better than what he did tonight. So if you are still listening, I'm sure you're asking yourself, damn, why can't we just be great? The problem is we can, but as fans, we have to learn to be also realistic and we have to not be afraid to criticize. Yes, we have the re- reputation of Negadelphia, but we have a right to be because we've had so many uh, great downfalls that are better than our successes that it's kind of hard to be totally sold on a team that almost makes a playoff again or almost, you know, almost wins the big game as opposed to a team that actually did it. And now it's almost like we're going through an identity crisis as a fan base because we don't know who our teams are anymore because we've never been in that position to win more than one one uh, big championship at a time. So the Sixers are probably the next in line for the next championship, but the Eagles could very much... Very much likely get that uh, title taken back if they decide to get it together at the right moments, but the problem is they've had so much time to do it and they're not doing it that you just doubt that they can even get through the conference or at least the division with a win, especially with the pesky cowboys pulling their crap together at the waiters' times, and uh looking definitely like a team that could beat the Eagles again and and pretty much uh, sweep them but i'm hoping i'm wrong so i still keep that hope but right now it just sucks and you know i just wish carson could get all the cobwebs out of his head and just play relaxed and easy um a lot more so if you were listening thank you for listening to birds of a feather i'm going to go to bed and have my honey lavender tea and woo and uh, I don't know. Thank you, Sixers, for at least winning. Um, I don't know if the Flyers even had a win this weekend, but I know that they keep pushing too. So let's just hope that all our teams just get through this last part of the month. The holiday's coming up. Hopefully Thanksgiving will rub everybody up the right way and uh, bring out maybe some better uh, better last-minute games. And uh, I don't know. Here's to the future. Fly, with fly. Philly, unite. And fly or die. Thanks for listening, Birds of a Feather. AJ the Suburban Princess here. Have a great night and a better week. Take care.